Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Y'all, this is such a fucking good one. We have a licensed therapist professional counselor on the episode today. Jeff Gunther is here and we are diving into all the green flags, all the red flags, and everything you need to know about what to look out for in a relationship. Sit back, grab a fucking notebook and a cocktail. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Y'all know I love a good self-love cocktail and occasionally an actual cocktail. I have always notoriously hated the taste of alcohol and needed it disguised in a good mixology cocktail until I discovered Neft. Because Neft is a premium vodka in its purest form with non-GMO rye, it has a light taste full of character. Not only is Neft one of the best tasting vodkas I've ever had, it also comes in the cutest packaging I have ever seen. Their unbreakable barrel keeps it chilled for up to six hours, making it the perfect drink to take just about anywhere. Join me in adding a little actual cocktail into your self-love cocktail with Neft Vodka. Cheers! You guys, when I first found Jeff's TikTok page, I was like, holy shit, this is gold. I have to have him on the show. The information that he puts out onto the internet is so invaluable for people that have been in shitty relationships, that are venturing into new relationships. It is going to give you a comprehensive guide of like what to look out for, what to be weary of, what to do when certain things arise. It's just a really great deep dive into all things relationships. We're gonna get into emotional intelligence, what the fuck that even means, and why it's so important in a relationship. So let's dive right in. Jeff Gunther, welcome to FML Talk. I am so happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. I came across you on TikTok, as I'm sure you have heard many of times, and started binging your content and was like, oh, this guy knows his shit. I need to have him on the show. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of content to binge. Um, I'm like super addicted to like posting at least twice a day something about relationships to help people like get their needs met, understand what they're looking for and find healthy matches. 
Yes. And I think your content does that so well. And there's so much toxic shit on the internet. It was so refreshing to see someone being like, hey, here are things you should be doing or things you can be looking for that will help you on this crazy dating relationship journey. So I guess first and foremost, just thank you for putting good content out into the world. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, there's a lot of people that are looking for relationship advice, especially when you first get into a relationship and what to look for in order to try to figure out like if this is going to be a good match for you. And that's really hard to do sometimes. Yes. So hard to do when you have those fucking love goggles on and you're just blinded <laughs> by the feelings that are swirling around in your in your heart center. Um, so first, before we dig into today's episode, can you kind of tell me a little bit about the type of therapy you do, um, you know, your background and whatnot? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Los Angeles. I got my undergrad degree in child development, was going to be a preschool teacher, decided not to do that, um, and went into marriage and family therapy. I got my degree at USC down in LA, um, moved to Portland in 2005, right after I got my degree and I started my private practice. And I typically focus on individuals that are feeling really anxious mm. in relationships. So feeling like, you know, the anxious attachment style, love those anxious babies. And <laughs> I also talk to lots of couples or people in relationships. Um, but I only talk to the people typically that are like really new in a relationship or just married. I don't talk to the people counsel people that have been in relationship for like 15, 20, 30 years and haven't like fucked in the last five years or like <laughs> not even talking to each other. Just like get that shit out of here. I'm not your therapist. I want right. to deal with the people that like still love each other and they're like getting into fun fights. That's yes. Oh, that's fun. I love that. Can you really quickly um, take us through what the different attachment styles are, because I'm always, I've always been really interested in that. Um, and I feel like a lot of people don't know necessarily what they are. Yeah. So there's this thing called romantic attachment styles, and it's basically how we connect with our, with our person when we're dating them. And there's four different ones, but three main ones. Uh, if you're the fourth one that I'll get to at the end, you're only 1.5% of the population. So there is the anxious attachment style, and they're sort of like labeled as somebody who's like, quote unquote, like needy or insecure, worried about the relationship lasting, usually wants to have more sex and get more affection affection, mm. asking for lots, lots, lots of reassurance or not asking for reassurance, but really wanting to ask for reassurance. Um, so they're sort of like feeling more anxious. And then there's the avoidant attachment style. And that's somebody who's just like, oh, God, this is too much. I'm feeling like overwhelmed with all of the, the um, neediness that maybe their partner is having, having or they're feeling like they only want to like see you once or twice a week. Well, maybe an anxious attachment style wants to see you every day. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of like they like to do their own thing. Maybe they like put career or work or creativity first and then like relationship stuff next, secondary or third. Right. Um, so they don't quite totally show up in relationships emotionally, even though they really want to, they're just like not good at it. Or there's like a block or something. And then there's the secure attachment style and they're just like fucking chill. Right. Like they know how to like hold emotional space for somebody. They know um, how to reassure somebody. And they also know how to create boundaries and let them know that they need like time on their own. So they're really balanced. And we love those folks, but they're super fucking boring. Like we don't watch <laughs> them. There's no like relationships on TV that are good, like secure role models, because that's not interesting. Like we want the drama. 
And then there's the fourth one, just like one or 2% of the population and their disorganized attachment. Mm. And so they kind of have the worst of all worlds, which is like, they can feel really anxious in relationship and also feel really avoidant. So they want to trust you and they really want to get close to you. And then they get you to get close to them. They're like, I'm freaking out here. Like, this is too close. I don't trust this. And then you pull away and they're like, where did you go? Uh, and it's just sort of like a roller right. Right. Back and forth. And those are very interesting, lovely people to be in relationship with. But um, it's kind of a mindfuck. Like, it's really hard to, like, attach them securely or have, like, a consistent relationship with them because they're sort of all over the place. Right. If if you guys aren't watching this on YouTube and seeing my face, it's because he's describing my ex. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, it makes all the sense in the fucking world. Um, how do people figure out what their attachment styles are if they have no idea? Uh, there's a pretty popular book called Attached. Um, mm. It's a little pop psychology, but there's nothing wrong with it. And so if you look up that book Attached or even like Google and go to their website, there's like a little quiz oh, nice. that you can take and it'll spit out your attachment style. Um, one of the things that they say in that book, which I'm not a super fan of, is that like maybe the anxious attachment style should try to not be with it, an avoidant attachment style. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard for us to like not get together. And there's actually like it can be a very healing relationship if right. both attachment styles learn how to like be in that relationship in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. Is it possible to change your attachment style? Like I feel like I was an anxious attachment style and now I'm more of a secure Mm -hmm. Bo boring as fuck attachment style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the same way where I like I'm more I used to be more anxious and now I'm more secure, but I'll always like in times of crisis or real like, I don't know what's going on here kind of stuff. I'll skew more anxious. Yeah, same. So you, you can learn to be more secure if you want, but there's sort of like this baseline anxiety or avoidance or disorganization that's always going to kind of be there. Yes. Uh, but you can get uh, more secure if that's what you're aiming for. Yeah, totally. I, I, I very much feel that. Um, and I think it's so good to know what you are and what your partner is so that you can kind of not cater to those things, but be more, you know, understanding when certain things or triggers might come up, you can be like, oh, okay, this is, I could do this, this, and this to make them feel better because they have this type of attachment style. Exactly. If you're anxious and you're like, okay, they're triggered. I'm going to give them as much like love and affection and reassurance as I can. If they're avoidant, you're like, oh shit, I'm going to give them some space. Let them process this on their own, go play some basketball, whatever. And then we can like talk about it later. So if you can like cater to their to their attachment styles and like things run more smoothly. Yes, totally. Okay. Love that. Great, great start for everybody to like dig into this episode. <laughs> now let's talk about, we've done a lot of, you know, kind of red flags on, on certain episodes. So I want to start with what you think some green flags are in relationships, because I don't think that's talked about often. Like it's always like, Oh, look out for all of this shit. But what are we supposed Supposed to be looking for like what are good signs when we start to get into a relationship that are like okay good this is a this is a good sign to keep going forward i mean one of the things that i talk about a lot and that i counsel my own clients on is like is the person that you're dating or that you're partnered up with and do you like have high emotional intelligence 
So a lot of my green flags and red flags are all connected to whether or not you have high emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is like the ability to perceive, control, and evaluate your own emotions. Mm. So it's like being present with your feelings, understanding like, oh, I'm having an emotional experience and I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm frustrated or I'm insecure or looking at my partner and being like, oh, they're feeling an emotion and it looks like they're feeling upset and scared and fearful. So if you can like understand your emotional experience, your partner's emotional experience, typically you have like a higher emotional intelligence, but there is like a disclaimer here because, um, it's kind of like a, sort of a privilege to be able to be to like have high emotional intelligence because that probably means not all the time, but it probably means that you're neurotypical and that you're not neurodiverse, which means like if you're neurodiverse, that means that you have ADHD or OCD or you're on the autism spectrum. And a lot of those like disorders, um, have a hard time or ability like managing their emotions. So just because you're like on the autism spectrum and you might not have like high emotional intelligence, it's because of the fact that you're on the spectrum and there's nothing really like, we don't need to shame you for it. I don't need you to feel guilty about it. There's like all these other fantastic things about you. Um, so I just want to like throw that out there that sometimes we're like, oh, if you're like really emotionally intelligent, then you're like kicking ass and you're amazing. But some of us aren't able to do that because we can't right. like access our emotions like everyone else can you know what I mean yeah summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon one of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals no prep no mess no cleanup meals I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash fmltalk50 and use code fmltalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code fmltalk50 at factormeals.com slash fmltalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So, uh, but we can like dive into green flags. <laughs> yeah. And well, so I, I think emotional intelligence gets so like the word recently has been so thrown around and people mm -hmm. don't really even have a clear idea of what that means. And you just explained it very, very well. Um, that's something that's like a non-negotiable for me in a relationship is someone needs to have like the emotional intelligence and the awareness um, to, you know, be a good match, I feel for me. Um, so when you said that looking for green flags in regards to emotional intelligence, what does that mean? I mean, uh, it also... 
before we get into like specifics of green flags and or red flags, it's also I want to say that like emotional intelligence can be something that you're born with, right? Like sometimes we come out feeling really sensitive to the world and to the people around us. And we just have like this innate emotional knowing and it's and and that's just sort of what's going on. Sometimes we're just like not really clued in or tapped into like the emotions, uh, emotional experiences of people around us. And sometimes that we can be like influenced or learn about emotional intelligence or how to like handle our own emotions based on our the, like our family or the adults around us, the experiences that we go through, the gender norms, like, women are more like they like they should be more sensitive and so they they connect with their emotions maybe more freely while like a man or something is just like you shouldn't be emotional and you're weak if you're vulnerable Mm. so like men don't want to learn about their emotions it also like depends on like the type of environment that you grow up in like if you grow up in an environment where you're not where your basic needs aren't being met or you like grow up in poverty or something like who fucking cares about emotions or we need to get food on the table Right. You know, like that's what's most important. So again, it's kind of like a privilege again to kind of like be emotional and emotionally intelligent, even mm. though I want everybody to be. Um, and also if you grew up like uh, in a family that had your parents or caregivers were like addicts or alcoholics, all of a sudden you might become like very hypervigilant reading your family members or your like alcoholic father because you're just like, I don't know how he's going to be or if he's going to be mad or angry. And so you're growing up in a traumatic situation, but you're like your emotional intelligence is skyrocketing now mm. because you have to read all of the things around you and try to figure out like how your dad is feeling so you right. don't get in trouble or you don't get yelled at, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that emotional intelligence can be learned? Is it something that you can develop over time or work on? Yeah, 100%. It can be learned. If you're like neurotypical and you're not struggling with like ADHD or OCD or autism, um, but it can definitely be learned and you can learn it by reading books, by looking on TikTok, by searching on YouTube, or you can learn in your relationships, whether they're friendly or coworkers or romantic, but definitely in romantic relationships, there's a ton of ways to learn. And it's like, you can just like ask your partner to like, train you <laughs> if you're, teach me teach me yeah. your ways <laughs> you can ask them be like if you're feeling a feeling like tell me what you're feeling and tell me how i can support you and if your partner can like tell you how they're feeling and how they need support then you can start responding to them in like a really good emotionally intelligent way um but there's a ton of things to look out for a ton of green flags and red flags to look out for when you first starting uh to like get into like the dating scene and you're meeting new people yes hit me with those okay (laughs) (laughs) um one of the things that you might want to just like ask like me even on the first date like a regular question just be like how are you doing how are you feeling? And if that person can like answer that question with feeling words, great sign. That's a green flag. If they can say like, I had a stressful day. I'm feeling really excited to meet you. I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed. I'm feeling kind of like upset about what's happening in the world today. If they use feeling words, awesome green flags love it if they say like i don't know or i'm fine or they stare at you blankly or if they just tell you what they're thinking Mm. um then that's like 
maybe not a red flag, but like a yellow flag of like, uh, okay, they're like not going into like the feeling place. Right. And, and we're not quite, so that's like a really easy, like first question. And it can tell you a lot. That's so wild. I never would have thought of that. That would never have been on my fucking radar to look out for. Um, but <laughs> when you, when you say it and you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, especially in the emotionally intelligent space. So that, that does make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And a lot and more green flags when you first meet them, even like on the first date might be like, um, can they identify feelings when they talk about the past? So when they talk about stories, are they talking about their emotional experience or are they just giving you the facts? Mm. Um, and do they know how to tell a story? Because if they know how to tell a story and engage you, they probably like understand how to like emotionally connect with you or the characters in their stories or something. So if they're a good storyteller probably a green flag that's really good um i don't know how do you feel about like talking to new maybe not on the first date maybe if you want but like talking to new partners about their exes or past relationships do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing i mean you're talking to someone who literally talks about their ex five <laughs> to six days a week for her job um so for me it's like you know I, I we joke all the time my boyfriend and i that like if we ever broke up and i had to go into the god forbid the la dating scene um that it would be kind of ridiculous like sitting down on a first date with me being like so what is it you do and being like well here we go um and telling them my fucking background and story um to me it doesn't come off as a red flag um if someone's being open about um an experience they had especially if an, if it was a, a pivotal experience and they learned from it um mm -hmm. like for me you know my two exes like that's a huge part of my healing journey that mm -hmm. i've been on and i've i've grown and reflected a lot on both of those relationships and the parts that they played um if someone is sitting down and starts bashing on their ex that's a red flag for me yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a green flag. If you can talk about your ex in somewhat of a nuanced way, you can like go ahead and talk about the problems. But also, if you can take some accountability, yes. like what did you do to cause those problems? What was the role that you played? There's like right. probably a lot of high emotional intelligence if they can talk about it from all those ways and all those different perspectives. So there's, uh, I like to talk about exes. I like to talk about past relationships earlier on in getting to know somebody and dating yeah. because it gives me so much information about them. Yeah, same. I mean, I, uh, my boyfriend and I are so transparent about ev everything. It's like any question I ask, any question he asks, like we've told each other stuff about, you know, things to do with our exes and our experiences that probably maybe was a little too far on the sharing scale. Um, mm -hmm. But I have I have a, a girlfriend of mine who I got into this conversation with and she was like, well, we don't talk about our exes at all because he gets really upset. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, well, what do you mean? Like, how do you not discuss like the past relationships that have gotten you to the relationship that you're in now um and she was like well you know and explaining this whole situation and then she told me this story where you know she posted something and it upset him god i hope they're not listening to this because <laughs> i'm like trying to like be very vague but she posted something and he got really um upset by it and 
she it was because it triggered something in him from his past relationship and i was like see if you guys would have talked about your past relationships like you would have known about that trigger and you wouldn't have done that Mm -hmm. um because it would have poked at that Mm -hmm. so it just it never makes sense to me why people are like oh no we don't talk about our our exes because of a jealousy thing it's like it was a part of their life you know Mm -hmm. you need to to hear about it to understand their journey what they've been on and the type of person that they are now in my opinion Oh yeah, I totally 100% support that. And like you're saying, like if you don't talk about it, it'll probably come up in some other way that you're not prepared for, just like right. what happened with your friends. Right. Uh, and then you're forced to to like talk about it or experience it in a way that like you're not really like choosing, you know. So if you can be really deliberate about it and kind of like start to talk about it earlier on, I 100% support that. But there's a lot of strong opinions out there, especially on TikTok. Whenever I make a fucking video about it, where it's oh, just like they always dude. say like X's are off off limits. You should never talk about them. We should never t- even like mention that whatever it's like a lot of people have some strong feelings about it yeah a lot of people are fucking wrong so let's just start (laughs) with that um no i mean i i could go on all day on like the toxic comments that come on tiktok and people sharing like unwanted opinions but i can't even imagine the stuff that you get because it's so you know i mean it's it's saying it's putting it's putting a mirror in front of people being like this is healthy and this is not healthy and people are like "Ooh, Mm -hmm. that means i'm not healthy fuck you Yeah. And it's easier to say, fuck you, Jeff, than be like, oh, should I think about this? Is there right. a room to grow here? Like, what am I doing? To, you know, um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that. But another green flag at the beginning of relationship is like trying to like what happens when you see your new person experiencing like a pressured experience or something that's like urgent or some ambiguous like something ambiguous or emotionally intense like the like stuff that starts to come up and it might just be like they got the wrong food order or they're like uh, driving behind someone who's really slow or they had a really stressful day or their sister is being a turd or like you know like the stuff that comes up like early on gives you a sneak peek into like how they handle stress and how they Mm -hmm. handle their emotions and if they're really reactive and blamey and don't take accountability then that's probably a red flag but if they can like be present and thoughtful and understand like that they're feeling emotional then that's huge it's another green flag um big time i think that there's it's the same kind of thing as if you were to watch someone treat a waiter at a restaurant badly like that's a mm -hmm. huge red flag to me Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that that reaction of of how they handle things that aren't necessarily comfortable is Mm -hmm. very telling i want to go back really quickly Mm-hmm. Um, because it struck me when you said this, um, if they, if you're on a date and they really like know how to tell a good story and, um, you know, can emotionally connect to the characters you're talking about. All I could think of in my head was like, yeah, but so can narcissists. Like that's a, that's a trait for them to be able to really captivate you in their stories and like really make you feel like immersed in the experience. So how, how would you if at all, um, differentiate one from the other and be able to be like, okay, this would be a green flag. This might be a warning sign. That is, it's a narcissist. If you're dating a narcissist, if you find a narcissist at the beginning, it's really hard to figure out that they're actually a narcissist or narcissist adjacent, you know, like they're telling those stories because they're manipulating you. 
And they're telling those stories because they want to get like a very specific reaction out of you. They're telling those Mm. stories because they want to like get something that they want to like have sex. They want to like get you to depend on them. They like want you to like think that they're amazing or that they're the hero of the story. And a lot of times that's how they tell the story. They're a hero. They're amazing. Look at all the like great stuff they've done or the, Mm. the awesome stuff they've done for other people. Like the stories they tell, they might not have a lot of humility. They not, they like, or even if they do, they can't then tell a story and like be like really humble. Right. Sometimes they're like not able to like engage in your stories. They can only engage in theirs. But even so, like a very savvy narcissist can pretend to be like very emotionally intelligent. And they kind of are emotionally yeah. intelligent. Like they're sort of masters at it. Uh, so they might like hit all these green flags only for you to find out that like they're not actually a safe or healthy person to be with. Right. So look for the green flags, but also there's a small percentage that you could still be fucked is what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) You can still be fucked and you'll start to like notice that you're being fucked if eventually you find that they're like, they're not very flexible Hmm. um, or they don't really care about how you're doing or how your day went or like it's um, they start to become like a whirlwind and like it's always about them um, and they start to make you feel bad about yourself or that you're not a good enough partner. They start to kind of like gaslight you into thinking that like you're the problem and that it's never them. So you'll start to see these trends emerge where like they're not taking responsibility or accountability for anything. They pretended like maybe they did at the start, but when it comes down to it and the brass tacks, like they're not actually who they said they were. And right. those are some like really big red flags. Yeah, for sure. Also Um, in in ways that like you have sex with them. Like, so there's a lot of like emotional intelligence that comes up like when you're having sex with somebody. It's a really vulnerable, scary, like uh, thing to have sex with somebody, especially when you're first having sex, having sex with them. So like if something goes wrong in sex, which like a lot of times it does at the start, like mm-hmm. um, maybe if you have a penis and you can't get hard or if you're like, if you can't get wet or get stimulated or get excited, like it's clunky and funky when like you start having sex with somebody. Sure. But if somebody can just be like, oh, we're going to stop. I'm going to be here for you. What do you need? Do you want to take a break? Do you want to do something else? Like if they can mm. be like really emotionally present and make it so that like they're not shaming you. And maybe like they're not even taking it personally. Like if you're not like getting turned on because you're not getting it up or you're not getting wet enough or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, um, they can like be like, oh, that's not me. That's just the fucking situation. Like we're having sex with us with each other for the first time. And it's just about connecting and it's not about orgasming. It's just about like have like feeling good. And it doesn't mean that like we have to like be hard the whole time or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like there's a lot of nuance, a lot of emotional intelligence that goes into like first having sex with somebody and also just like feeling comfortable with them and safe with them. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And I, I, God, I resonate with that so much because I came from a marriage that was very sexually toxic. It was like, I always need to have sex. I need more sex. I need it this way. And it was like, I always felt so pressured to, Mm. to give more of myself, even when I didn't necessarily want to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I got into the relationship that I'm in now, he's been so, um, like a safe place for me to be like, we don't have to have sex if you don't want to, or like Mm -hmm. we can, you know, sit down and make out. And if it leads to something great and if not, that's fine. Um, and it, it, 
was like almost like I had to reprogram my brain into not associating sex with pressure, um, which was a huge weird thing to undo from my mind. Um, so I think that's a huge, I, I'm, I'm validating that green flag because I've, I've seen it in my relationship and it's, it's so appreciative and it's made my sex life better knowing that that pressure is taken off from my partner. Yes. To know that you can say no and reject your partner and then they won't throw a hissy fit or they won't make you feel guilty about it or they won't shame you or they won't punish you subtly or not so subtly is fucking huge. Go ahead and like in the first month or week or whatever it is, reject your partner. See how it goes. Don't be a a dick about it or something. Don't like try to play with them or anything. But like if you're not in the mood. Go ahead and just be like, no, not feeling it and see how they react to it. Because it's a vulnerable thing to like go ahead and try to make a move and want to have sex. And yeah. then if, if you can like handle your rejection in a way that's not childish and immature and like making the other person feel bad, so many green flags about it. I love it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are there any more green ones that are super important or should we get into should we get into the red? um let's see green flags um they when you are having an emotional experience they make you or at least try to make you feel seen heard and understood Mm -hmm. uh if you feel like they like really understand what you're feeling or if they don't understand what you're feeling and they're just like oh i don't get it can you tell me more about that right and huge green flags if they can like reflect how you're feeling ask follow-up questions ask like clarifying questions really big green flags um yeah if they can if they're having like an emotional experience they know what type of support to ask for maybe like they need you to distract them and play video games maybe they want to do fitness with you maybe they just want to be seen and heard maybe they just want to vent and they don't want you to do problem solving maybe they need space and they're like i need 15 minutes babe or one hour or like actually let's watch netflix and chill and talk about it tomorrow yeah they know what they need then that's great if they know that they need reassurance and they ask for reassurance I fucking love it like because yes. a lot of times we feel too needy or clingy or whatever we feel insecure but if they can ask for their needs to be met tons of green flags if they know when they're being triggered <laughs> um, yes <laughs> I love that. And that's actually, that can be really tricky. That's some like high emotional intelligence. They know when they're being triggered. They know what type of like compassion or support to ask for. Um, they know that like they're triggered right now and it's going to pass or they're getting into an argument with you and they want to connect with you. Like, and they want to be like, hey, we have the same goals right Right. now. Like, this is what we're like looking for. But a lot of times when you're getting into an argument or you're feeling frustrated, you're either triggered or you're not triggered. Yeah. (laughs) And it's important to like try to connect or try to talk with each other while you're not triggered. And if you are triggered, you need to know or try to figure out like what to do with that. Yes, big time. You did a video on TikTok that was like, before I even had started following you, this is like one of the first ones that popped up on my For You page. And it was like five signs that you're in an emotionally intelligent, healthy relationship. And I watched it and I'm like, check, 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 check. And I sent it to my boyfriend. I'm like, look, we're perfect. It's great. (laughs) We're we're doing great. Um, Because it's so, it's, it's validating when you've come from toxic relationships or unhealthy relationships and shitty dynamics. And then you're in 
something and you can be like, oh, I do that and we do this and we've got this. Um, it's That's one thing that I love about your page so much other than the fact that it's teaching so many things to look out for, that it validates a lot of, a lot of the work that we've done in relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people eat those green flag videos up because like it is incredibly validating and they feel really good about themselves. And it's also presented in a way of like, oh, I don't know if I have that flag, but maybe it's something I can work on or maybe right. that's something I'm going to go for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like even when you started the first one, you said um, about when someone asks how you're feeling, mm -hmm. whether it's like, oh, how are you? I my go to is I'm good. And now I'm like thinking like, why do I say that? Like, mm -hmm. Maybe there's a more descriptive way to tell people how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so I can see that, like, you know, having things pointed out and being like, oh, I could work on that for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, so let's take a turn from the green and go into uh, the land that we all walk through pretending we don't see any of them. Um, what are the red flags that you so often are like, these are some like warning signs to look out for? I mean, the reason that we don't see them at the start is because like, you know, it's the honeymoon stage or what a therapist would call the mutual positive projection stage mm. where we're like mutually projecting all the positive things. And we're only looking for all for the good things because we want to believe that our like new person that we're falling head over heels for is uh, amazing and has yeah. all the green flags. And you need that time, the honeymoon period or the mutual positive projection period, because that's what like creates the structure, the stability and the safety. So that like eventually when you fall on like harder times, you're, you're able to be like, well, we have like all this built up positivity and love. Right. So it makes sense that like you're not paying attention to the red flags, but it is something that you want to kind of like try to do your best to be aware of. So a lot of times like a red flag might be when you're having an emotional experience where you're feeling upset or stressed or worried about something and they just don't notice. Like, mm. are they noticing that you're coming in with a different energy? Because you have like a funky energy coming into the date or the hangout if you're not feeling great. And if they don't right. even notice it, that could be a red flag. If they do notice it and they don't want to talk about it or they keep on diverting into like more positive, optimistic or whatever, like that's also a red flag. If they see that you're struggling, but they talk about themselves mm. <laughs> instead of like focusing on what you're feeling and how and what you're experiencing, or if they just like end the conversation, like those are red flags. You can tell that they're feeling like uncomfortable with emotions and that might not be super great. So those are some right. like pretty obvious red flags at the start. Also, like it can like if you're getting into like arguments or you're having like heated discussions, are they mean? If they're mean, that's not okay. Like right. yes. a really big fucking red flag. Um, and it but it's easy to make excuses like, oh, they're just like, um, it's a really charged situation or they're feeling really passionate. Like if you start yeah. to make excuses for their meanness. That's not good. Um, this is like, this takes some emotional intelligence, but if like, if they get hijacked by their feelings and they don't know that they're hijacked or at least can't look back on the experience and be like, oh fuck, I was totally hijacked by jealousy or I was hijacked right. by insecurity. Um, if they can't like acknowledge that or understand that, that's a red flag. Um, 
if they don't, if they don't know when to like ask for space, if they are there to prove you wrong, <laughs> if you're getting into an argument, if you're getting into a fight and they're just like, I'm going to tell you how right I am <laughs> and how wrong you are. That's yeah. a red flag. And like we were saying, the green flag was like, hey, I'm just here to connect. Although I want to say, like, you know, like I'm teaching people all the red flags and green flags and how to connect with people. If I get into a fight with my partner and with my girlfriend, there's a really big part of me that's just like, I cannot fucking wait to tell you how wrong you are. Right. Uh, like, that's a really natural feeling that comes up. And a lot of times that takes over. But sometimes it doesn't. And I'm trying like I'm actively trying very hard to make it so that like, I'm not just trying to prove you wrong and prove me right. Um, right. And I think also when people, I'm for yeah. speaking from personal experience, I've been in therapy my whole life. So when I do get into arguments, I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> like I'm fucking equipped y'all. Like I can like be, I can have the tone. I can, you know, state my case. Um, so I, I get that when you get into those arguments, sometimes you get lost in a cycle of wanting to just be right and make the other person see your perspective so much. I can't tell you how many times I've said to someone I was fighting with, I wish there was like a therapist or a third party here to like hear this situation to side with me and tell you that you're fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like as a couple's relationship therapy, like whether I'm trying to, I'm not, I like it's number one rule. Don't side with anybody. And it's yeah. like the cliche bullshit response that a therapist, you know, will be like, Oh, I'm not siding with anybody. I'm siding with the relationship is what we say, but right. really we're siding with somebody and we're, well, yeah. <laughs> and it's usually the person, whether we like it or not, it's usually the person that has like more emotional intelligence. That's like trying to like see uh, like from different perspectives and understanding that like there might not be any objective reality to what you two are talking about and it's all subjective reality so like how can like we honor your subjective reality and then honor like the other person's subject subjective reality and there's it takes like a ton of emotional intelligence and lots of green flags to be able to like put your shit to the side Mm -hmm. And just be like, I'm just going to like, listen to what you experienced. Yeah. Uh, it's a red, it's, it's a red flag. If somebody's just like, not even trying to do that. Um, it's a hard thing to do, but like, it's a green flag. If you're trying to do it, a red flag, if you're not even trying to do it, if you're so convinced that your version is the right version, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Cause I, as yeah. a therapist, I don't fucking give a shit about what you right. think is the right thing. Like I care about your, your partner's emotional experience and I want you to, to care about theirs. And then we're going to do you. And then we're going to yeah. care about your emotional experience and they're going to care about yours. And if you can like connect on that and have compassion for each other, there's like so much healing that can happen. Yeah, big time. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, so for the people that are listening that are like, cool, Jeff, great, Gabrielle, I, I hear you guys, this is the shit to look out for, or these are the things that 
are red flags in relationships. I'm married and my partner like won't go to therapy with me and he's not fucking emotional intelligent or she, whatever, my partner. <laughs> what the fuck do I do? Gabrielle's advice is like get into a different fucking marriage or relationship. But like, what would you say to someone who's like, I don't know what to do because I'm seeing these red flags. I, I'm not emotionally heard when we're having a, a discussion or an argument. Like what, what then? You know, I don't think that your advice is bad advice. I mean, and, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but like, I am, I am, uh, I'm a therapist that believes in um, ending relationships when they're not working for you. Uh, yeah. and, but there's other therapists out there that are more about like every relationship. I'm like, they're just like 100% relationship advocates. We're like, we're going to do everything that we can, unless there's like horrible, abusive shit going on right. or you're married right. to a narcissist or something. But, uh, you know, there's like things that I say, I might not specifically say to a couple, like you should break up, but I'm going to like basically say it when I say things like, why is it okay for you to be with somebody that's never going to meet your needs? Yeah. You know, like clearly we've been talking for a while here and this guy has no emotional intelligence and has no fucking desire to like learn any emotional skills or upgrade his emotional intelligence. So I'm going right. to be like, why is this okay with you? Clearly they're never changing. Do you want to be in a relationship like this for the rest of your life? I'm going to say it in front of that dude that like is in just to like, see if I can get a reaction out of him as well. Mm. Cause like, look, I just put your relationship on blast. I'm basically telling your partner to leave you cause you're not able to meet their needs. So are you going to step up? Are you going to feel right. panic? I'm trying to get you to feel anxious and it's, that's not a bad thing to do in your relationship just without a therapist. Like you can be like, look, I'm not getting my needs met. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. I don't feel understood or I don't feel emotionally safe. Or it's making me so that like, I don't want to like have sex with you. I don't want to be close with you. I don't want to be intimate. I don't want to spend time with you. Or like, I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really depressed and filled with despair, disconnected. So like, I'm, I would want you to like, let your partner know all of, like the vulnerable feelings that you're feeling and i'm starting to question this relationship like this isn't working for me i need this to change we can go to therapy we can read a fucking book together we mm -hmm. can like journal together we can like uh, watch jeff on tiktok or listen to podcasts like whatever it is like we need to start doing something so a little bit of threat like as a therapist, I'm going to create like some anxiety in that relationship because like, hey, this could end and I'm going to be the person that's going to like possibly end it for you by shining a light on how you're letting your person down. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I, for one, have never understood why anyone would get into a relationship with someone that was against therapy. That's mm -hmm. like a fucking prerequisite for me is like, Red if you're going to date me, like we're going to be open to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you would consider that a red flag too. If someone's like, no, therapy's bullshit or no, I won't go even if you want to. I mean, I, yes, I consider, I consider it a red flag while also like understanding that like there are different cultural norms or, you know, like you might like grow up in a family or place or culture where it's just like therapy is fucking out there and instead we're going to do other things. But mm -hmm. I think personally it can be a big red flag because like 
that's a place to like get challenged and grow and heal. And you're not always going to have all the answers in your relationship. I mean, probably not. And so you need like a third person to come in and like shine a light on what's going on. So yeah, it's a red flag. Yeah. And I think so much of what we're talking about is being honest with yourself that you're not just staying in something that's comfortable or normal for you now um, and being challenged in that relationship which is something that you should always be striving for is to having a partner that yes you're comfortable with of course but you're not just like oh well I'm not really happy in these three areas but like it's fine and we're comfortable and God forbid I have to go out and date again. It's like, that's not something you want to be doing. And I feel like just me saying this right now, people are like, fuck, I'm getting called out right now. She's talking about me. I am talking about you. Um, it's, it's something that I see so many of my friends past present do. Um, so many relationships I, I witness, I feel that that's what they're both doing. How would you, advise people to I guess like take notice if they are feeling that and like what are some action steps that they could take if they find themselves in a relationship like that like you're saying like there's a bunch of listeners that are hearing what you're saying and they're being called out and it's important that you're honest with yourself like be honest with yourself about the fact like that you're staying in a relationship where you're not feeling totally fulfilled and no one's going to be like a hundred percent marking all the boxes or checking all the boxes but you know <laughs> when you're in a relationship and you feel like you're not into it or you're not getting important needs met um and so there's a lot of times where you're going where to start to think like oh should i end this relationship should i go find somebody else and there's a lot of excuses not to. And one of those things is like what you're saying is like, are you comfortable? Uh, and if you feel like being comfortable is more important than like being happy or feeling connected and being loved and thriving in a relationship, then okay, I guess you've made your choice. Uh, you will regret it. And yes. <laughs> it's gonna be every day that goes by, it's harder and harder to leave that relationship typically. Uh, so if you leave right now, then it'll be easier than leaving tomorrow or a month from now or a year or 10 years from now. So this is like, this is the time. This is the opportunity. Yeah. Um, also acknowledging the fact that it's like really scary and it's sort of like our psyches are built in this way to like uh, value predictability and certainty. So it's like, well, I'd rather be in this relationship that feels predictable and that I know, even if it's unhealthy or even if it's not meeting my needs, instead of like going all the way into uncertainty, because uncertainty, it's like, what the fuck is going to happen there? Um, and there's like, really, it's really easy for your psyche to convince you that you shouldn't actually make that move. But in fact, typically, almost every single time, you're going to be able to find somebody that can like meet all your needs that you're getting met now meet even more of them um, and find somebody who's like really, truly interested in like being in this like relationship where you're going to grow and where you're going to heal. Um, but I, I also like made a TikTok just yesterday about like a quote by Jerry Seinfeld where he says that like <laughs> when you uh, breaking up a relationship is kind of like knocking over a Coke machine. It won't go over in one push. You got to rock it back and forth a few times before eventually it falls over. So mm. sometimes <laughs> you got to rock that relationship back and forth, whether that's like going to therapy or asking for a break or having hard conversations 
or like asking for a breakup and then getting right back together again. Like it's a process. It's going to happen. And that's okay. Um, So those are suggestions that I might give. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fun analogy, the rocking it back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, What if you're in a relationship, you know, in the newer stages and you start to see some of these red flags? How much leniency do you give before you're like, fuck this, I'm out? Like, is there a is there a grace period of not excusing the behavior, but being like, well, maybe we can let this slide or maybe we can discuss it. Like what what are what's the what's mm-hmm. the line? <laughs> well, you have to ask yourself, like, is it a do you have a need or do you have a want? So like there's like if you're not getting some important needs met, then you should probably end it sooner rather than later. But if you're not getting some wants met, well, okay, like you're not going to get all your wants and needs. So to tell the difference is kind of like, um, let's say I want to be in a uh, relationship with somebody and they're like, hey, um, I don't want this to be monogamous. Uh, I want to be in like an open poly relationship. I might, if I have like an immediate reaction of like, oh, that's not what I want, then that's a need. Like I need to be in a monogamous relationship because I have an automatic reaction of like, uh, that's what I'm looking for. But if someone's like, oh, I want to be in a poly relationship and I'm like, okay. Hmm." And I'm like really curious about it. Then it's probably more of a want because it's like, well, I mean, I want to be in a monogamous relationship, but maybe I'm open. So you can kind of like track like how, what needs are and what wants are based on like how quickly you react to it. So if you're not feeling like emotionally seen and you're like, oh, I don't like this, but you're like, well, well, how important is this to me? (laughs) Then you can kind of like understand Mm. what a need or a want is. And if a bunch of needs or like even just like three or four needs aren't being met at the very beginning, then it's going to get like a lot worse probably. (laughs) Yeah. And you should maybe call it. Yeah. I think that's a really, that's, that's valid. That's fair. Um, I, cause I know so many times my listeners that write in are like, well, you know, we're, we're in the first two months and I, I'm starting to see like some warning signs, but you know, I'm, I'm excusing it because like his relationship with his mother or, you know, it it was probably because of his last relationship and he never healed. Like, and it's like at some point you have to be like, okay, how many things are you going to let add up on that list before you're like the, the negative is now outweighing the positive, fun, happy relationship that I thought Mm -hmm. I was entering into at this point. Yeah. And all really super valid. Like we have traumatic relationships with our family or we have like past toxic shit that goes on with our uh, exes. Um, And it's good to be compassionate, like go ahead and be compassionate to that experience. However, just because they have like a, it's valid that they're acting or behaving that way, you still don't have to put up with it. Right. So go ahead and name it. Be like, I don't like how you're treating me when you get really angry, or I don't like your road rage, or I don't like how you dismiss me or whatever. And if they can be like noted, I get it. And I want to go ahead and change that. Then that's a green flag and that's really good. But then they have to like show progress and the progress can be slow. That's fine. Like some of these things are like hard to change because you've been like this your whole life. 
But if they don't show interest in changing it, or if they don't show any progress, or if, if they don't like check in with you about like, you know, getting more feedback about how they can change it, like those are really bad, big red flags. Um, and, the, and that's going to happen probably like earlier on in the relationship. So I want to know that like, you're trying to figure out how you can grow into a better partner for me because I want to be a better partner for you. Yes. Love yeah. that. Um, what are some things when you're in a more long-term relationship um, that you can kind of look at as a, a checklist, if you will, of like, these are signs that you're in a good, healthy relationship and that like you're doing okay and you're on the right track? <laughs> um, if you're feeling like you're fe- you're being like seen and heard and understood emotionally uh that's a really good sign if you feel like you have good communication where like it's not hard to understand each other and you like fall into a groove where you can feel like really comfortable together that's a really good green flag if you feel like you can kind of like do your own thing just sort of like go on vacation by yourself or go hang out with your friends or like get really into like a creative project or your job or something, but know that like your person is always there to like support you and cheer you on. That's really good. If you share the same, you don't have to share the same goals and dreams and vision, but if you do, that's a bonus, but at least like having your partner um, support what your dreams and goals are and you support their dreams and goals. That's a really big green flag. Um, If there's still like, um, if you're able to like add novelty to the relationship, like new shit, whether it's like new sexy stuff or new vacations or like new dinners or new friends or whatever it is, like a novel, like if you're adding novelty in the relationship, that's really huge. That's really big. Um, if you feel like you can uh, rely on them, if you feel like you know that they're always going to be like a support as best as they can, that's another green flag. Um really just uh, making sure that you feel like, you know, you feel excited about like growing old with them, that you can like, and then that you can also like have the freedom and liberty to like grow and change that you don't always have to be like the same person for them. uh, And that you like will grow together or maybe you even like grow apart and then come back together. Like there's going to be like different versions of the relationship. You're going to like, Uh, date somebody and then maybe you're going to marry somebody and then that person is going to change as you continue to be with them and that you allow them and give them the space to change and that you're given that space as well. Um, So if you can, if you feel like your person is a really good secure base and you're a good secure base for them, that's a really good sign. I love that. Oh my God. Those are all good things. Um, Jeff, this has been so freaking great. I know everybody at home is so thankful for this episode um it's so informative to to hear all of the green flags the red flags um really understand emotional intelligence can you tell everybody where they can find you online to kind of do as i did and binge all of your great content (laughs) yep they can find me on tiktok and instagram at therapy jeff um i post there i try to post there at least a couple times a day and I do, you know, have Instagram stories running throughout the whole day. I also run a therapist directory, a national therapist directory. You can find that at therapyden.com. Oh my God. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Good talking to you.
I want to thank Jeff so much for coming on and sharing all of his knowledge with us. Please, I urge you to go check out his TikTok page and just spend an entire day binging those videos because you will be a better person for it at the end. I hope you guys got something amazing out of this episode. I know I sure fucking did. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. If you want to check us out on YouTube, you can watch us live in studio at youtube.com slash FML Talk. As always, be well and have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.